Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that as we gather around your word here, you might speak to us and help us to wander afresh at the great love of God for us. Amen. The centurion standing by the cross as he watched Jesus breathe his last and saw how he died declared, surely this man was the son of God. What did he see that no one else saw that day? Not the disciples who had fled in terror, betraying him, denying him, deserting him in his hour of need. Not the religious leaders who had devoted their lives to scouring the scriptures, waiting, longing, hoping for God to send his promised saviour into the world. If they had seen it, they had thrown their weight behind him, not clamoured for his crucifixion. And not Herod, not Pilate, not those passing by hurling insults at him. Not even at least one of the people dying beside him. So what did the centurion see that made him think this man was the son of God? This centurion knew what sons of God looked like. He had heard stories of the great Julius Caesar and Caesar Augustus. They were sons of God. So what did he see? Had it been his company that had first heard those words? Elim duce ad crucem This man should be taken to a cross. E miles expide crucem. Go, soldier. Prepare the cross. And someone set to work preparing that sign that would announce to all who passed by just what this man's crime was. This is the king of the Jews. Had this centurion ever even heard of Jesus of Nazareth? Because he can't have looked much like a king when he was scourged with a leather strap studded with bone and lead so that his skin was left bloodied, raw and inflamed. Perhaps he tried to imagine it when he looked on the one standing before him in a hastily fashioned crown of threaded together briar thorns, wearing a cloak holding a reed. But really, he'd have been hard pushed to see it. So what did he see? Because he didn't look much like a son of God as he was being passed amongst them, being spat at, punched, mocked. Nor when he collapsed in exhaustion on the road and needed another random passerby to carry the crossbeam for him. Maybe there was a glimmer of admiration for this Jesus as he refused the wine mixed with myrrh to deaden the pain of the nails being driven into his wrists and ankles. But more likely, he thought, he had a thought, this guy must be crazy. Oh, what did he see? Maybe there's a moment's raised eyebrow when he examined the clothes that stripped from him. Oh, the inner robe, the sandals, the turban, the outer robe, they're nothing to write home about. But the main undergarment seems to have been pretty special. 
seamless, woven in one piece. And they didn't want to tear it. Too good for that. So they cast lots for it. Still, didn't exactly look divine when he was hanging there being jeered at. Big claims about saving others and rebuilding a temple in three days seemed somewhat hollow if he was so powerless to do anything for himself. Where was his God now as he hung on that cross? It seemed not even Jesus knew as he uttered with a loud, piercing, anguished scream, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He might have wondered if right now even Jesus was struggling to see it. So what did he see? Was it as Jesus breathed forgiveness over those who tortured, killed and mocked him? Was it a forgiveness he was prepared to offer even to one of those hanging there with him? What did he see? We don't know. But whatever it was, he saw something that no one else could see. He, he didn't just witness the events. He saw into them. He saw through them. Perhaps later when he heard of how the curtain in the temple behind which God was said to have dwelt was ripped from top to bottom, it made sense. Like somehow or other, he had caught that glimpse just right through it. Whatever it was, he looked and saw what no one else that day did. And despite all appearances to the contrary, he declared what he saw. Surely this was the Son of God. Today we've sung it, we've been invited to come and see. During this Holy Week, I've been inviting us to reflect with the sentence, with the senses. And today we turn to the sense of sight. So as we stand by the cross, what do we see? Do we see a victim of great injustice? I mean, it's never popular amongst the powerful to claim that there's a higher power above them who is worth your total allegiance. It's a road that's been trod by many before and since with death their ultimate sanction. Do we watch him climb towards the hill, lone and friendless, and see him as one who's worthy of our pity? A truly good man brought to an untimely end through lies, deceit, corruption, and petty jealousy? Or do we see into it and beyond it? Do we realise that this is not just a tragic event within our history? It's like eternity itself has converged on this moment, on this place, and that what is happening on this cross has something to do with you, me, each one of us. But if we dare to go there, might we struggle to look at all? Do we hide our faces lest they catch his eye? Year by year, these horrific, violent narratives come around and, we, and we're reminded somehow that it was for us. We sing that it was our sin that held him there or how it was our sins that pierced him. 
And because of that, our overriding emotions on Good Friday can be guilt or shame. But if that's the case, we're in danger of missing the point. Because one of the key features of this story is that somehow Jesus has absorbed all the sin, guilt and shame of the world into himself. And that because of him, our sin is dealt with. And there's no need to keep going and snatching it back. For us to truly see to the heart of the story, we need to look forward to Sunday morning. You see, if Jesus had stayed dead, we might be right to feel sorry for him. And if he stays dead and it has something to do with us, we have every reason to feel guilty. But he doesn't. Come Sunday morning, the women watching on from a distance today will arrive at an empty tomb and be greeted with the words, He is not here. He is risen. That's the news which will change everything. Resurrection declares that God can bring those who trust in him through whatever life has to throw at them. Because each of us at some point in our lives have to take up our cross. And it can come in all sorts of forms. It might be betrayal by those we have loved. It might be injustice or persecution as we're treated unfairly. It might be loneliness, isolation, suffering, pain. Ultimately, for each and every single one of us, the cross will come to us in death. And we're invited to take up our cross. But Jesus hasn't just given us an example to follow. If we look into this story and glimpse through that gap in the torn curtain, we see those crosses are not to speak the final word. In Jesus, God has entered into the worst that life can throw at us and overcome it. He endured the worst that we could do and has spoken forgiveness over us. No matter what we face in life, no matter how worthy or unworthy of his acceptance we feel, Jesus is stretching out to us, offering to bring us through our cross to resurrection. He doesn't just understand how we feel. He's walking through it with us and will ultimately bring us through. So today, as we stand at the cross, what do we see? It's true on this Friday, there's no beauty that we should desire. His scourged, pierced, battered, bloodied body may just make us want to turn aside in horror. But he's not just an innocent victim worthy of our pity. Don't feel pity for someone who's seated at the right hand of God. And if we truly see into it and through it, we need not do so with guilt and shame, for he's already dealt with that. What can we see? A God who loves us so much that he's given all he has to declare his love and defeat anything that would keep us from the life God has for us. And if we can see that, will we commit ourselves into his hands, offering all that we have and all that we are to Jesus and to God his Father? Will we accept the invitation to step through that tear in the curtain 
and into a new relationship with him. You're invited. You can do so in confidence that he is waiting to meet with you. We'll walk with you. And though the time will come when you too take up your cross in whatever forms it comes, he is capable and willing of bringing you at last to resurrection. Grace and peace be with you. Amen.